Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. On this week's show, we have a jam-packed episode, so we hope you enjoy it. So sit back, relax, grab a cold beverage, and let's talk everything there is to know in Louisiana outdoors. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Beaver Creek Game Calls. At Beaver Creek Game Calls, all of our calls are handcrafted and held up to the highest standards. Our goal is to provide a quality custom call that every hunter can afford. We strive every day with this goal in mind. We also take pride in our customer service because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we love, and that is to make quality custom hunting calls. All of our calls are proudly made in the USA. Visit us online at beavercreekgamecalls.com and let us build your next call. Hey everybody, good afternoon and welcome into a new episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and I'd just like to take this time to thank you all so much for tuning in to this brand new episode and this week's show. We have some information to share with you guys. We are coming out of the 4th of July weekend, so hopefully everybody had a safe holiday weekend. I know there's been a lot of, uh, of you know, negative uh you know, news coming out of our local waterways here in South Louisiana over the last several weeks. We could kind of touch base on that maybe in this episode. Uh, let you guys know if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, I'll kind of fill you in on some of that information. But we have a lot of information on the positive side for you in this episode. As always, we're going to be talking outdoors, guys, and we're going to kick it off this week by uh, just kind of recapping what we've been up to over the last several weeks since we last spoke. So a lot's been going on. Like we mentioned on the last episode, a lot of stuff. Summertime's a busy time. It just is. You know, whether it's running the kids to the ballpark, whether it's you're out there fishing, you're out there, you know, getting them on the water to enjoy some uh, outdoor activities. We are all busy at this time of year. You know exactly where I'm coming from when I say that. And it's no different for us, but um, we have been trying to find and make an effort to find time to get out and do a little bit of fishing, even though the temperatures have been extremely hot down here in the south, um, pretty much all across the south. We're just we're just praying, you know, that we don't have any major storms this year like we did last year. Over the last couple of years, uh, we've been hit pretty hard here in Louisiana. And, uh, and so far, so far, so good. Let me just say that. So... Thank the God, good God Almighty up above, and uh, and hopefully we can continue on that trend. But where I'm going to kind of start things out, guys, is over the last couple of weeks, like I mentioned, we've been trying to get out do some fishing. Um, and not this weekend, 4th of July weekend, but the previous weekend, um, we posted a video right on our YouTube channel that you guys can go check out if you're not familiar with it or haven't seen that particular video I'm referencing you can go check it out right now, but Jackson and I took a trip over to the Chafalaya Basin Spillway, um, which is my favorite place for freshwater fishing um, in Louisiana, other than, you know, examples like Toledo Bend or some places like that, a couple of lakes I grew up on. But when I when the water's right, when the, the water levels drop in the Chafalaya Basin and the fishing starts to get good, that is one of my favorite places uh, to fish. And we took a trip um, about three weeks back, and it was our first trip to the Chafalaya Basin since the hurricanes last year. And uh, we're kind of interested to see what it looked like. And 
at the time, if you tuned into the show, I talked about how the water levels uh, weren't quite right yet, at least in the Bayou Pigeon area um, where we fished at and where we were looking to do some fishing coming up. We had went to that area. We checked on the water levels. We had heard some reports that people were catching up in that Bell River area, closer to Morgan City. Um, the closer to Morgan City you were, it seems like the fishing was starting to turn on in those areas. Well, the week we took that scouting trip, the water levels weren't quite right up toward Bayou Pigeon and Bayou Sorrow, if you're familiar with those areas. Um, but it was falling. We could see a lot of that water coming out of the swamps. Uh, that, that black gin clear water was mixing with some of the muddy water in the main bayous like Little Pigeon, Big Pigeon, all those areas. And, uh, and it, it just wasn't quite right. We, we, we tried fishing a little bit. We didn't have much success. But I told Jackson at the time, um, I said, you know, it's it's a couple of days away to maybe about a week away from it starting to get really good and those water levels to get where they need to be to turn those fish on, get them into that feeding frenzy that you're accustomed to when you fish the spillway. And, uh, and that seems to be the case um, of what's been happening since then. So like I said, that first scouting trip was about three weeks uh, ago that we went on that scouting trip. Now, we went the week later. We said we made a, we're going to make a trip um, with work and everything else going on. We were able to get out. That was on Father's Day weekend. And that's where we shot the video of us starting to get on some of those big sockeye and those panfish. So, like, if you like pan fishing, right now is the time to head out to the Chafalaya Basin Spillway. Whether you're fishing the Bell River area, Bayou Pigeon area, Bayou Sorrel, doesn't really matter. I have been seeing some excellent reports coming out of those areas over the last week or so. Um, so on Father's Day weekend, we went over to Bayou Pigeon. We hit, went back and checked some of the areas that we had uh, looked at on that week before when we went and took that scouting trip. And we were uh, we had a buddy of ours that had actually went uh, the day before and got on some fish. So we kind of knew it was starting to turn on from that report that he gave us. Um, we went check out a couple of those spots that he had recommended to us. And when we got there, there were people, you know, already on the water at daybreak in those spots that were kind of anchored on those spots trying to catch fish. And we hung out for a little while. We kind of tried to wait them out because they were catching fish. We were catching, picking up some fish as well. But, uh, but you know, you can, we didn't want to spend all day waiting on other people to catch their fish and, and try to get right up on somebody else. Um, so we kind of did our own thing in the general areas where we normally fish. We went out. We were able to locate some some fish that were suspended out off of the banks, kind of in some of that deeper water. And uh, and we were able to put together a box of, of nice sackle from the spillway on Father's Day weekend. So, um, the, you know, the, I had several people that messaged me from the video, and they were like, man, were y'all catching them shallow? Were y'all catching them deep? It looks like you were fishing deep. And, and to be honest with you, just, the, you know, one of the things that I've experienced and from my experience of being in the Chafalaya Basin when I'm sackle fishing, especially in the summertime, is it, it's typically not going to be, those fish aren't going to be suspended up real shallow. They're not going to be up on the banks like you see them during the spawn. And, you know, a lot of people, when you see them in the summertime, they're, they're just right up on the bank. They're beating the bank. They're throwing a tube jig under a cork. And they can't figure out why they're struggling. They can't get on no fish. All they're catching is brim. They really want to catch some sackle, 
but they tend to be catching brim. Um, you know, and, and I've learned, I've been lucky enough to learn from a, a fisherman, my father-in-law, my wife's, you know, dad, who has been fishing the Chafalaya Basin Spillway his entire life. So, you know, when I started getting accustomed to fishing below I-10, um, the Chafalaya Basin, all the tidal fisheries, um, that's something that he taught me. He said, hey, he says, you got to back off of the banks. He says, those fish will suspend. And, and you know, it's stuff that I kind of learned when I bass fished and I was fishing tournaments. They act the same way. A lot of your pan fish, like your sacculae or your crappie, whatever you call them. So, you know, one thing, like I mentioned, that I've learned is that you have to back off of those banks. You have to almost position your boat in the middle of the canals. You can, It's okay to cast shallow toward the bank and then drag that, that, that cork and that tube jig off of the bank. Another thing that sometimes helps, and these when these temperatures get real hot, like they are now, it's been extremely hot this year, take that cork off. If you're going out there and you're sackling fishing, take the cork off, try tight lining, and what I mean by that, that works really well in the spillway that I've had success on and other people who, who have had success on, take that cork off, cast just a tube jig with a jig head, out wherever you want to cast it at and then just kind of slowly reel it back to the boat just like you would with a spinner bait you slow rolling a spinner bait you may might be slow rolling a beetle spin something like that and a lot of times when they won't hit it vertically under that cork they'll hit it on the retrieve whenever these temperatures get real hot it kind of you know it kind of turns them on it gives them a different look than what they're seeing from all the other people that are throwing and all the traffic picks up, you know, whenever the bite gets hot. So they're seeing a certain presentation all day long, these fish. And unless it's feeding time, you may not be getting those bites. You may not be catching those fish that you would, you know, if you give them a different look. So I've had a lot of success over the years. When it gets real hot, the sun's out, temperatures are just beating down on you. That water's a lot warmer. Um, you know, go ahead, tight line throw a cast and retrieve type situation out at them and present them with that and a lot of times you can have success doing that so just kind of think outside the box we always talk about waterfowl hunting during duck season thinking outside the box doing some of that stuff that's a little bit different than what everybody else is doing well you know when you look at fishing a lot of it correlates over to the fishing side as well kind of do some things that are a little different you know maybe throw a beetle spin a small beetle spin something like that uh if you're targeting those sacculae specifically what i'm talking about here uh, now panfish if you want to just go out there and you want to go catch all the brim you want all the goggle eye you want that type of deal really you could take the kids out right now guys and have some fun with them you could go out to the spillway with some crickets with some worms night crawlers and you can put, you know, just your basic night crawler under a cork setup, crickets under a cork setup, and you can catch pretty much all the big sun perch and brim and goggle eye that you want right now and load up an ice chest if that's what you're into. So, um, you know, I love doing that, especially when they're on beds. I have to admit, uh, when it comes to that time of year where they start bedding up, I used to love to go out and target big brim, uh, bedding brim, you know, uh, because it's fun. I mean, it is fun. But you know i caught so many in my lifetime growing up as a kid and we used to go at it really hard when i was in my teenage years and in the college years i spooned so many brim over the years that it got to where i was sick of it and if you have ever spooned a brim as far as 
scaling them with a spoon. You know, you guys old school know what I'm probably talking about. Um, you you do that for years and years and years, and eventually you uh, you can get wore out on that if you've done hundreds and hundreds of, of fish like that. So, uh, you know, every now and then I'll go, and I'll, I want to keep some on the bone that I want to cook and fry, especially brim. I love the crunchiness, the, the texture of them when you fry them like that where you kind of have that crunchiness from the fins and all that type of stuff. So I'll keep a mess on the, uh, you know, on the bone like that. But for the most part, to be honest with you, I fillet pretty much everything when it comes to panfish, whether it's sacale, whether it's brim nowadays. I'll go ahead and I'll fillet most of, most of the fish that I catch when it comes to panfish. But, uh, but right now, like I mentioned, you could go out there, you could catch brim, goggle eye, sun perch, whatever you want to call red ear, uh, all that stuff is plentiful right now, um, you know, and you could go out there with the kids and have a lot of fun with them. And if you want some action, you know, maybe you normally bass fish, but you want to take them out, keep them interested. Go out there and do some pan fishing right now because it is the action's really good right now. Uh, you know, make sure that you bring some shade and plenty of water with you. That's another thing that I've learned is trying to fish to fish as comfortably as possible. That way you're not, you know, making a short trip. The kids are miserable. And, uh, you know, you, by the time you get down there, you fish an hour or two, <clears throat> excuse me, and then, you, then you're then trying to, the kids want to leave and go home. The wife's aggravated with you. She wants to take them home. Um, and it makes, you, it makes a miserable trip when it's like that, you know. So what we've done, if you see us on our videos, you'll see the umbrellas in the boat. We actually have some some big umbrellas that we throw up in the boat, just like we put on our back patio pretty much. I went and I bought, a couple of weeks back, I bought a couple of the umbrella bases that you have weighted down, and I bring two of those in my boat with me, and uh, and we put up like a, a patio umbrella in them, and you talk about makes a world of difference whenever you're out there with the temperatures the way they've been, guys. It can make a, a, a bad day of fishing that's miserable, it can help you out a lot and make it a lot more fun for the whole family and keep you out there longer and have a better opportunity to catch some fish. So, you know, the week we went for Father's Day weekend, just to, just to reference that again, water had dropped from the previous week when we took that scouting trip. And, uh, and it, you could tell the difference because the fish were starting to turn on. Um, now, I noticed that the sacale were scattered out a little bit more. You either had to catch, you know, kind of hit those runouts where that water was pulling through those runouts. Um, you know, maybe, and what, what's crazy is that they weren't on every runout. And, uh, you know, it's not one of those things, oh, pull up to a runout and you were going to catch a couple of fish or, or maybe even load up the ice chest on them. Uh, we did see that there was a couple of specific runouts that, you know, people were fishing and they were staying on them because those, those runouts were producing fish for them. I literally sat there and watched a, uh, a run out when I got there that morning. It was right in the area where I was wanting to fish. And they had, like I mentioned, they had a, a boat on uh, the spot where I was going to. They had a boat there that three guys were in the boat. And as quick as they could cast in, they'd pull up a sack of lay. I mean, it was just bam, bam, bam. They were, they'd catch one, put it in the ice chest, catch another one, put it in the ice chest. And there was three of them in the boat. So, you know, they're able to catch 150 sacale for a three-man limit. And those guys, I ended up talking to them, they were able to do that. And, hell, by about 8.30, they were headed out. So as soon as that happened, there was already a boat that was waiting to kind of move into that spot. 
I saw that boat move into that spot. Once those guys left, I wasn't going to fight them for it because they were actually sitting there kind of waiting right at daybreak when I got there. So they were technically second in line. Uh, they pulled up. It was two, two guys in a boat. They started catching them. And I told Jackson, I said, hey, I said, we're just going to kind of keep doing our thing. We're gonna we're, we're catching some here and there a little bit more a little bit more spread out you know they weren't concentrated like on that spot but uh, we decided we were gonna kind of keep to our game plan we were catching some fish so that's what we did we let those guys fish didn't pressure them and uh, and we ended up leaving the area going check out a few other spots in the Bayou Pigeon area that we fished we were able to catch some fish in those spots and I told them I said hey we'll come back about an hour or two later. And, uh, and we'll see if anybody's on the spot. There's nobody else here that's waiting in line. We'll come back. We'll check it out. Maybe those guys will have their limit. And we'll be able to get on there and finish maybe out a limit or, uh, or you know, see where we're at for the day. And then we'll catch some fish in the spot because we knew that they were, they were holding there. Now, the thing I didn't know is if it would hold up because these guys were catching cast after cast after cast. So I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, eventually they're going to start getting smaller. They're gonna, they're, they're, maybe they're gonna quit biting. It's gonna turn off, but that's something we couldn't control. So we were gonna come back and check it out later. So we went, like I mentioned, we did our thing. We went out, we fished some other areas. Uh, we were catching, you know, we were picking up one or two here and there. Um, and then eventually, about an hour or two later, I told Jackson, I said, "Hey, let's go back to that spot um, and we'll check on it. Maybe those guys are done because we knew that they were catching them so quickly that it wouldn't take long for them to get a lemon." So we made the haul back. We went back to the spot. It took us about 20 minutes or so to get back to that spot again. And uh, when we got back to that spot, we cr- or when we were headed back to that spot, let me say that, we crossed the two guys in the canal, and I stopped them, and I said, hey, I said, did y'all end up getting your lemon? And they started laughing. They said, yeah, we did. They said, but we saw another guy down the canal that was watching us, <clears throat> and we think he might be pulling up in that spot. We went ahead and we left. But, uh, but he seemed like he was eager to pick up his rods and reels and kind of head that way. So I kind of I ended the conversation with them at that point. And I told Jackson, I said, well, let's go. We better step on it if we're going to get over there and have a chance to get that, that little hole where these fish were coming out of. So that's what we did. We, uh, we, we headed on over to that area. We went and, uh, you know, stepped it up. We kind of sped up the boat. We went to the area, and when we got there, I could see, sure enough, there was another boat sitting on that on that spot where those sackler had been being caught all morning. So I kind of idled over to the guys. I started laughing and I said, "Hey, I said, uh, y'all were able to get on the spot, huh?" And he said, "Yeah, man." He says, "Uh, he said actually we were here yesterday." He said, "And uh, we caught them yesterday afternoon right around this 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 area, not this specific spot, but right around this area." He said, and then when we pulled back in here today, he said, we saw three or four boats here early this morning. So we kind of left, we came back and we saw these guys catching on this point. Um, he, he even offered us, man. He was like, Hey, he's like, why don't y'all pull up with you and your son? Y'all could come in here and, uh, catch them with us. But it was such a small spot, which is crazy. Um, you guys would have to see it to believe it. I mean, it was only, you know, I have an 18 and a half foot bass boat and the spot, that these fish were stacked up on was about half of that. So, you know, you were looking at about a nine foot area that if you casted your cork outside of that nine foot radius, you wouldn't get a bite. But if you were inside of that, that pinch point 
where those fish were stacked up at, you'd get those bites. So it, it was just one of those little magical spots that, that you know, everybody that had fished around that area that day kind of knew what was going on and had saw guys pulling these sackley out of there. So, um, you know, it's kind of crazy how that works out. But like I mentioned, it was right at the, the entrance of one of these sloughs where that water was pulling out of the swamp. And these fish were just stacked on this specific point for some reason. They might have had some structure under there. There's no telling what it was. But uh, but a pretty interesting day it was, I have to say. But we we didn't we didn't want to impose on the two guys. And I told them, I said, look, man, we have a mess of fish already. We don't have a limit. I said, but we do have a mess of fish. Um, y'all enjoy it, have fun, catch them. We're gonna kind of fish around for a little bit longer. And I told Jackson, I said, I don't know how many they have right now, but I said if they close to getting a limit, then you know if they decide to leave, we right here we're fishing this general area. We'll move up on the spot and you know see what we could finish off for the day but it ended up being about another hour or so and they were still catching them they started weeding through some of those smaller fish and they were throwing those back they were trying to keep the bigger ones and uh and the temperatures were getting hot it was right around 1 30 at that point it was father's day weekend so we wanted to make it back home it's about a hour hour and 20 minute drive from us where we live in gonzalez uh over to where we were in bayou pigeon so uh, we wanted to get home at a decent time so we could have a Father's Day meal with the family. And uh, and that's what we did. So we went ahead, we fished. We ended up having a pretty nice box of fish. Like I mentioned, we didn't have a two-man limit. But we had plenty of fish that we could bring home, we could clean, and we could fry up for Father's Day, which is what we did. So it ended up being a really good day. It was a very, very nice Father's Day. Um, and like I, I mentioned, happy Father's Day. If you guys haven't heard me tell you this already, happy Father's Day uh, to all of you dads out there. Uh, for, and thank you for everything you do with your families and with your kids and, 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 and all the mamas as well. So it was a really good Father's Day. We had a good trip overall to the Chafalaya Basin. And, uh, and you know, it was back to work on Monday, business as usual. So, um you know, once we once we get into the work week, all the other stuff takes over with work and the kids and baseball and all that stuff. So you all know how that is. <coughs> Excuse me, if you have kids and, uh, and and life gets in the way and you're able to make maybe a fishing trip uh, once a week. And that's kind of what's been the case with us. So, uh, you know, now I did get some some reports. I had a buddy of mine go this weekend, which was Fourth of July weekend. And he told me, he called me, uh, he messaged me and he, he, uh, he said, Hey, he says, uh, we made a trip out to the spillway. We went back to Bayou Pigeon. He and I have fished that area for, for many years together. We've had a lot of success in that area. And he told me, he said, uh, he said, man, we really got on them today. Um, so he was trying to tell me how they called them and what they did and all that stuff. But we were, I was in a area that had some bad reception. So I, I was having trouble communicating with him but he I, he did tell me he said we caught him um he said the water is even better than it was a week or two ago so that water looking at the gauge today it has fallen even more and when it hits that that you know 2.7 to three three and a half foot range is when it's really on and uh and those fish really turn on and they start chomping they start eating and uh and you could go out there like i mentioned with the family and have a lot of success um, if you could bear the temperatures that we're facing right now, which, hey, guys, look, to be honest with you, we're in July now. Um, you know, what you expect, July, August, that's the dog days of summer. Before we kind of start getting that 
that little uh, that little push and that excitement to get into hunting season because as we get through August, that's kind of the time of year when I always start getting real excited. We're getting ready. You have teal season coming up in September, and uh, and that's right around the time where I start getting real excited. So, uh, but the fishing, you know, the point of, of, of this story is that the fishing is really good. It's turning on right now, especially in South Louisiana. If you're below I-10, the Chafalaya Basin region, really good reports are coming out of Henderson right now. They've been catching fish. I know Sackley, um, panfish, bass, they've been catching a little bit of everything in Henderson right now and uh, and doing really well. So it's a good time to get out there and uh, and do some fishing. If, you wanna, if you're in the general area, you want to make a trip out, and uh and do some fishing in the basin it is the time and also another good point you know those of you who fish the lake verette area places like that lake verette is an area that gets hit really hard throughout the year because the chafalaya basin the water levels aren't right you know you can't fish it year round most of the time so therefore a lot of pressure on lake verette those areas um, well right now with all the people going out to the chafalaya basin to do some fishing since the fishing's getting really good, it's taking some of that pressure off of Lake Verrett right now. And I, my father-in-law, he made a trip out to Lake Verrett, and uh, they caught some beautiful sackalay. And he told me, he said, I think they're starting to bite a little bit better in Lake Verrett because we're not having as much pressure, uh, not as much boat traffic going on right now. And that's really helping the Lake Verrett area on the trip that, that he took, in his opinion. That was his opinion on it. So don't bypass like lake verrett if you want to get away from some of that pressure because i could tell you there's a ton of boats in the spillway right now we saw boats there wasn't a ton the first weekend we went at least in bayou pigeon where we were but we did cross bell river that week which the fishing was better in bell river and closer to morgan city and there was hundreds of boats out there you know, when I went that weekend to Bayou Pigeon and we, we had that trip we just talked about where Jackson and I caught some fish, um, there was way more boats than there were the weekend before, but it makes sense. Fishing got better, more boat traffic. The word got out. So really, I mean, don't think you're going to be the only one when you go. You may have some remote areas you could get to and catch some fish, but you're going to have to you're gonna have to put up with a little bit of boat traffic at the launch uh, for sure. That's for sure. So now, like I mentioned, guys, we're coming out of 4th of July weekend, and we took another trip this past weekend, kind of shifting gears. We were invited by some friends of ours to go down. They have a camp in Venice, Louisiana, and we took a trip to Venice, Louisiana, which I haven't been to Venice in about three or four years. And if you've never been to Venice, Louisiana to do some fishing, do some hunting, guys, you need to take a, take time out of your schedule to make a trip to Venice, Louisiana. What I would recommend is if you love fishing and you want to go to Venice for fishing, unless you're going offshore fishing right now, that's not the place you want to be for bass fishing right at the moment, speckled trout, redfish. It is really, really tough right now. But we went we went down to Venice this weekend for the 4th of July weekend. Uh, some friends of ours, like I mentioned, have a camp down there. They are really, really nice setup. It's not too far from the cypress cove marina and from uh you know venice marina it's it's just a about a five minute drive from there so it makes it really really nice but one thing you know i was interested to see i kind of you know the, the 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 duck hunter in me i was like okay great we're gonna do some fishing we're gonna do some some tubing with the kids we're gonna try to do a little bit of crabbing but i wanted to see what venice what kind of shape venice was in 
for duck habitat. That's really what I was interested in because Venice got hit extremely hard last year, guys, with Hurricane Ida. Um, and, and all of you who listen to the show for uh, to discuss duck hunting and listen to us about duck hunting, um, you've all heard of Venice, Louisiana at some point, I, I could imagine, as far as the waterfowl hunting goes. It is one of the top waterfowl destinations in the United States, especially in the South, um, because it, it it is you know home to thousands of species or thousands of birds every winter. Whenever the you know we get the migration, the birds head south. We talk about how tough it is in Louisiana now. It's not like it used to be, but Venice, Louisiana, is the place that holds the majority of the birds down here in Louisiana during duck season. So with it being hit by a hurricane last year, it usually takes a little while for it to, uh, for it to you know, uh, bounce back after a big storm, especially a hurricane. And I was kind of interested to see what kind of shape it was in because everything that I had heard coming out of Venice was that it was, you know, it had got totally destroyed. It was leveled. Um, which there, that is true. A lot of that is true. I have to be honest with you. As far as infrastructure goes, what we saw this weekend was a lot of places got destroyed. But you know what? What what fascinates me about the people of South Louisiana, uh, in particular, is that how resilient the people are as far as bouncing back. You know, most people that live that far down, and and we always say it's the end of the earth here in Louisiana because it is. It's where the Mississippi River dumps out into the Gulf of Mexico. Um, Venice, Louisiana, Beerus, Empire, all those little towns are, are, are great little towns that are have so much history here in Louisiana. Uh, whether it's hunting, fishing, uh, you know, storms that have come through there over the years that were historic storms. Uh, you know, that you hear talking about coastal restoration Venice, all these little towns, these communities are always mentioned when they talk about restoration and losing, you know, uh, coastline and and us having a need to restore the coastline, all that stuff. That's that's where they're talking about when you hear these little towns such as Venice and Beerus and Empire and all these little communities. Um, So but my point is, is that these people are so resilient because they're generations of, of families that have lived in these areas for, for years and years and years, and they always bounce back. These are some tough skin, hard ass people that go through these storms and they bounce back. They know how to come back from it. They're strong, strong people, mentally, physically. They have good work ethic. Just, just the backbone of, of type of people that you see this country built on and what this country was built on. Um, I have a lot of respect for the people in these communities in South Louisiana along the coast because whether you're, you know, Lake Charles along the coast, uh, you know, all the way to Venice, you have to you have to bounce back from these storms when they do occur. And that's what these people do. They bounce back. They build back uh, their communities and they work together to get these communities built back. And it, and it goes back to normal for them. You know, it's just it's just part of life. That's what it is. To where other areas of the United States, you, you you see people struggle with that for years. You know, when, when there's a catastrophic event that hits, such as a, a you know a hurricane, a tornado, everybody kind of pulls together. But these people in South Louisiana, our people, they, they they just it's different. It's just different. It's hard for me to explain it, but it's different. It's a different culture. It's a different type of person, 
and uh, and I have the utmost respect for everybody that's 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 in those areas. But uh, you know, like I mentioned, guys, when I got there, I was really you know I noticed that you could see the damage from the hurricane, but uh, a lot of stores, you know, stuff like that had had shut down that hadn't come back. But overall, your, your major marinas, your Cypress Cove, your Venice Marina, those are business as usual. Um, you know, it looked like business is good. There's a lot of guides in the area that was there this weekend. We saw a lot of charter boat captains. Um, and, and from what we were told is that we talked to several of them. The offshore fishing has been really hot. Um, inshore, not so much. But offshore fishing has been really, really good down in the, in the Venice area. Um, we we took the boat out. We ran the Mississippi River. We went into an area called uh, uh, Delta Duck is where we tried to do some fishing on Saturday. Um, and we the, we found some beautiful green water, that, that, that great Venice water that you want to fish. But the only problem was the water is really high right now. So the river's high. Even on a falling tide, which we had Saturday afternoon, it was still pushed back into Roseau Canes. Uh, which makes it really, really tough. If you fish Venice, you know what I'm talking about. When that water's pushed back in those Rozo canes, it's really hard to catch fish because those fish push back into the canes, and it makes it really difficult. But we were able to catch some fish uh, in the middle of the canals. We caught a, a few trout, a few small trout. We caught uh, we caught, the kids. You could have caught all the damn catfish they wanted. They were catching catfish left and right, which is something we weren't really looking to target. But it gave the kids an opportunity to catch some fish. They had a good time. We ended up catching and releasing and putting them back. Um, you know, but it did give them an opportunity to at least catch some fish. So we did that, and then uh, we decided that we were going to try to go out a little further and, uh, and maybe catch some trout. We tried that with some bigger trout. Went out there. We started fishing with live bait. We had some dead shrimp on the cork. <clears throat> we also tried artificial and just didn't have a whole lot of luck. Uh, on that Saturday afternoon, our first day of going out there and doing some fishing when we got down to Venice. Um, we, like I mentioned, we did talk to a couple of charter boat captains. They had one that came over to us Saturday afternoon, and he stopped us. He saw us fishing with popping corks, uh, and he, he stopped us. He said, hey, he wanted to kind of know what we were catching, if we had had any success. We told him, we said we were catching mainly catfish, a couple of small, small specks. Uh, and he told us, he said, I've been fishing for three days straight with clients, he said, and we stay on the fish, you know, word of mouth. All the charter boat captains kind of run information by each other. He said, we were, uh, he said, we weren't having much success either. So we started bass fishing, trying to catch bass. He said in the last two days or last three days, I'm sorry. I think they had caught a total of 12 bass. So he said, it's really tough right now. Um, he said, we even offered our customers to take them out and, you know, deep water fishing, maybe go catch some red snapper, catch some uh, tuna, that type of stuff. Uh, and he said, uh, they, they said that they preferred inshore fishing. So that's what we've done. He said, uh, but it, it's really tough right now. He said, it's not been real good because the, the river's up, the water's high right now. So that's kind of the scoop guys. If you're looking to make that trip down to Venice right now, uh, the water is, has been up the tides, even on low tide, it's not real, you know, pristine, like you want it to catch those fish and turn them on. But you know, you could go out there if you're interested in blue water fishing. There's a lot of hot action out there right now in the blue water uh, fishing the rigs. I know we had a friend of ours on Sunday. He went out. He went out to the first set of rigs uh, right around 80 foot of water. I think he told us they were catching uh, their limit of red snapper. They caught a couple of lemon fish. Uh, they caught a, kind of a mixed box. 
they but they caught some fish and uh you know had some pretty calm seas over the weekend so that was nice he was able to get out there didn't have to take his his real big boat you know burn a lot of fuel uh especially with these fuel prices right now you know so went out there and uh and he was able to have a successful day i think it was him and his wife and their two kids they went out there and they caught a, a nice mesh of, of fish man and uh red snapper that's one of my favorite you get some good stuff to red snapper it's it's delicious man i love that and uh he told me he said lemon fish he said that's his favorite fish and uh he, his big boat is actually named the lemon fish that was his big boat name and he told me it's kind of ironic he said because i've only caught x amount of lemon fish here since i've had my camp here he said and today i was able to i think they ended up catching two lemon fish if i'm not mistaken he said so that's kind of ironic it's, it was a good day for us he said we ended up catching a couple of lemon fish he said so that was a pretty cool little deal i was glad for him on that but uh he told me he said that is my favorite fish blue water fish to eat he said i love lemon fish it's delicious he said and uh, he said if you never tried it he said we're gonna have to cook some up and do that but uh but sunday fast forward to sunday with the you know the fishing wasn't real good we knew it wasn't real good and uh we decided we said okay we're gonna get we're gonna get the tubes out we're gonna take the kids out uh we're gonna run down the mississippi river and we're gonna run into the gulf of mexico go to one of the islands and uh we're gonna spend a day out there doing some some you know some tubing with the kids doing some kneeboarding and uh and we're just gonna have a good time we're gonna enjoy it you know get out there we're gonna we brought some crab nets we said we're gonna go out there we're gonna do a little bit of crabbing while the kids are swimming and uh and that's what we did man that's what we did and i have to admit we had an absolute blast we ran it was probably about an hour probably about an hour run from the marina where we went out to one of the islands out in the gulf of mexico and if you guys go check out the video you'll see us running you can tell the water in the river which is muddy kind of you know it's all dirty water and then when we hit the gulf of mexico coming out of the river man that water just turned a beautiful green green blue color like you you'll see in the gulf a lot of times um and it was just gorgeous man the water so it was really nice it was a good calm day on Sunday. We didn't have any kind of big winds. Um, the only thing we really had to worry about looking back at it is if any kind of storms brewed up. Because you know how it is right now, this time of year, man, it's uh, you know, these storms, they they start popping up in the afternoons and it could get it could get sketchy, man, quick. You know, and uh when you're that far out, you're an hour to an hour and a half away and going by boat, there is absolutely nothing out there. You know, you, you'd have to get on an island just to take a little bit of shelter. Um, or you have to hunker down in your boat. That's pretty much how it is. Or out try to run around and outrun the storms, you know, that come through. So we knew that there was a chance we were going to get rained on. We had our umbrellas with us. We had all that kind of prepared. And, you know, all of our safety equipment in case things got bad, we hit a bad storm, that type of deal. Um, our friend that we were with, he was in a 24-foot, you know, ranger bay boat i was in my bass boat and and i checked the seas to make sure it was good enough for me to run it in my bass boat which we didn't have any problems at all uh thank god you know so we, you, you just gotta gotta use a little caution a little common sense you gotta check your conditions before you go out when you do something like that and uh and you just gotta have a little luck on your side at that point you know from that point on so we did that we took that hour hour and a half run we went to the islands and uh, we got there, man. We pulled up on the first rig. We tried doing a little bit of fishing around the rig to see if we could maybe catch some trout. And it wasn't. It was a shallow water rig. It was about 20 foot of water, 18, 20 foot of water somewhere in there. Uh, but we didn't have any success. 
<coughs> so we went ahead. We just we, we we went ahead and we went over to the islands, and uh, and the, these islands that I'm referencing, if you've never been to the, the, these areas before, what they are is just barrier islands that have been created to help with coastal restoration. Uh, they also use them as sanctuaries for wildlife such as birds, uh, you know, and they're white sand beaches basically is what it is. And uh, they're, they're in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico is what it is. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, so it, to, if you've never seen it, you know, to go and see it for the first time, you know, the kids were just amazed by it. They were they couldn't believe that they had these islands, They you know, out in the middle of the the ocean and the Gulf of Mexico, like we were, and it's 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 something that's pretty cool for to see for the first time. Um, which hell, it's cool to see for the million time. You know, it's just a cool place to go. They could get up on the beach, they could walk it. They found all kind of seashells. I mean, they had birds galore that were laying eggs on the on the on the beach and stuff like that. And you're by yourself. There's nobody else out there unless maybe you have another boat or so out there, you know. So it's a pretty cool deal. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a, a eerie feeling when you're out there by yourself. But it's also kind of a, a magical touch to it, you know. You just kind of, it's like man, you're on you're on your own island out there. You have your own island. Uh, you're in two to three foot of water for the most part when you're closer up to the island. Uh, we were able to put the anchor out on the boats, tie up to each other. And just enjoy the day. It was it was just it was a cool it was a cool scenario. So we took a lot of video um, while we were out there. We took some 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 photos while we were out there, um, and just had a blast with the kids. We cooked. We had lunch out there uh, for Fourth of July, and, and we ended up deciding we were going to set some crab traps out. So we started setting. Uh, we had brought about a half dozen crab traps with us, and then my wife loves. She absolutely loves to crab with a string off the side of the boat. Or she'll, she'll hop in the water when it's shallow. And she just likes to crab old school way with a string and a turkey neck. She did a little bit of that. And uh, we ended up running the crab trap several times. We said, hey, we're going to run them. You know, if we if they're running real great, great. We'll stick with it. If we catch some, uh, we're going to try to catch enough for us to cook tonight with the kids. Because not all the kids eat crabs. You know, uh, I know my son... Jackson, my oldest one, he's allergic to seafood, poor thing. So he can't even eat crabs or shellfish, none of that stuff. And I feel horrible for him because, you know, you're in Louisiana, you're in Sportsman's Paradise, you have great seafood down here. And poor thing, he's allergic to, to shellfish, crawfish, all that type of stuff. So he can't even eat it, you know. So um, so we wanted to catch enough basically for us to cook. We, were, we, were, we had some shrimp that we had defrosted, picked up at the uh, docks. Uh, are actually not defrosted. We had actually picked them up at the uh, the seafood docks. So some fresh Louisiana Gulf shrimp. We wanted to throw some crabs in there with them, and we ended up catching a good little mess of crabs to go ahead and, and cook that night. We boiled some crabs. We ended up boiling some shrimp, frying some shrimp uh, with all the sides, and uh, just had a. Just, I mean, it was just an awesome day, man. Just you couldn't couldn't have got much better. I have to admit. And guys, I have to tell you, these crabs that we caught were freaking humongous. They were absolutely some beast crabs that we caught. And uh, I posted on our Facebook page um, a, a small video of us boiling some of them in a pot inside the camp. And uh, we, <laughs> I had a couple of people message me when that video, I put that video up and they said, God damn, that's some huge crabs. And I was like, yeah, they were like that. They were all like that too that we were catching. So they weren't running you know, like where it was just tons of crabs each time you pull up the traps. 
but uh but we were catching like two and three in a trap each time and these things were massive so you were getting some quality crabs coming out of them and we were in you know six foot of water we were putting the traps in where it deepened off of the island we were kind of setting them out off of the island once it dropped off a little bit and uh just putting simple turkey necks in them you know just turkey necks in a crab trap going at it and uh we even had a couple of times where we had some uh a couple of our traps man the uh the foam float or the bob or whatever you want to call it that uh keeps the trap up that you could grab and pull up to pull your trap up um we noticed that one or two of them just got hit by something and they were kind of being drugged and i don't know if it was a big red fish a bull red something like that uh, but something big hit two of my traps and mangled one of them completely ended up losing it uh to whatever hit it and then i had another one that it drug it it must have drug it you know probably a couple of hundred yards before it just it, it broke free and released it or got untangled from the trap whatever it was but whatever they were it was big that hit it so I, it kind of made me realize out there there's uh it's, it's a little different than what it is when we're fishing locally here in like marpaul like Train, we crab it doing all that stuff they got some some big fish out there some big creatures that'll hit hit those turkey necks just they want them just as bad as those crabs want them so um, and they, you never know, they could have had crabs in the trap and they were going after the crabs. So there's no telling, but, uh, one of my nets, I lost, I lost, uh, as a casualty because it was mangled by something big. And the other one, I was lucky enough to recover it. We just had to chase it down. But, uh, but yeah, overall, like I mentioned, guys, a phenomenal weekend. We had a blast, uh, down in Venice and, uh, you know, at the end of the end of Sunday, we were, we were pretty wore out, man. So we, uh, we uh we went back to the camp we boiled some crabs we but we, we you know we did our shrimp with it we had a feast for fourth of july and uh and we drank lots of cold beverages adult beverages that night so we had a really good time with our friends that invited us down to their camp for the weekend and uh it's one of those things man you you get to do it every so often when you have kids and you have a uh, your schedule like we have and like most of you probably have and uh, it's oftentimes, I tell my wife, I say, it's oftentimes you're tired, you know, from work and you get invited or, or you, you know, to go do something like that. And you're like, ah, you know, you, you just go want to kind of chill. You want to kind of go into that relaxation mode. Um, especially I'm like that during the summer because come hunting season, it's, it's, it's blow and go pretty much. You know, it's nonstop once hunting season kicks up and we start duck hunting. It, it's duck hunting 100% of the time and we don't stop little sleep being public land duck hunters you know how that goes um so during the summer i kind of try to relax between work and uh and that but man it'd be i just love fishing i love getting out there and i want to make great content for you guys on the on the channel i want to make great content for you guys to share with you on the podcast uh like we're doing right now kind of take you along with us you know so that motivates me you know like when you guys uh, listen to the podcast like you're doing right now and you send me a message and you ask questions or you say hey man i enjoyed the podcast um, or you leave a review for us you know and it's positive vibes man i have to admit it motivates me to get you guys more content which is it, it fires me up i get i get excited even talking about it now it pumps me up you know so i want to i want to create more content for you guys to absorb <clears throat> because it's an honor that you guys find what we do interesting 
um, and decide to hit that subscribe button or decide, decide to listen, you know, to, to search us to listen to the latest episode of our podcast. Um, that's something that I'm so grateful for and I don't t- ever take for granted. And, you know, even even Jackson, my oldest son, who's always doing it with me, uh, he'll tell you that, man. He'll tell you how he gets pumped up because, you know, he has people ask questions to him on social media about, hey, I saw this in a video that y'all did or I heard you on the podcast or talk about this on the podcast. And they'll message Jackson. They'll look him up on social media. Uh, and, and, you know, people will, will message him and say they enjoyed an experience that he had. And that 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 pumps him up and motivates him, man. That's what it's all about is meeting other people uh, and, and just sharing our passion. We're all outdoorsmen, you know, and I've talked about that numerous times. Just sharing that passion with each other, our experiences with each other. It in no way makes us an expert in anything, uh, you know, and, and we – we enjoy following other podcasts, other YouTube channels that that enjoy the outdoors as much as we do, and we're not watching it to get expert information from people. You know, we're just doing it because everybody has different experiences in outdoors uh, and in life in general. You know, and I'm fascinated by meeting other outdoorsmen and and seeing your experiences in outdoors. So when somebody messages us because they enjoyed a video that we did from you know, something like this weekend, um, you know, our experiences we had down in Venice, Louisiana this weekend. I mean, it's awesome. It's a great feeling. We meet new people. I've made a lot of long lasting relationships, uh, friends out of the, out of all this stuff, you know, and that keeps us going guys. So thank y'all so much for the comments, for the, the subscriptions, when you subscribe to the channel and to the podcast, we really do appreciate that. And we never do take it for granted. And I want you to know that, you know, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, but overall, like I mentioned, great weekend. I know I've said that a couple of times, but a really, really good weekend uh, down in Venice. Thank, you know, I want to thank our friends uh, for inviting us over this weekend and, and having that experience. And I'm so glad we, we decided to go and and take that trip. So a lot of fun there. And uh, hopefully, you know, what we shared with you here will kind of give you guys, if you're looking for some reports, I always talk about, we try to keep it as accurate as possible. We try to keep it as up to date as possible. Uh, Because I hate getting reports from certain areas that are two months old, a month old. And by the time you get there and try to go do it, you can't, you know, duplicate or replicate anything that those people talked about because the report was four weeks prior to where you know is when the fish were biting and they might might not be biting anymore or whatever the case may be you know so but uh but really like i mentioned a lot of good vibes come out of this stuff uh from everybody but something i did want to reference on the show today and and it and it it never fails and i'll tell you guys this story um so i posted up i posted up the video today from our venice trip this weekend okay so i got it up on our youtube channel you can go check it out right now uh, at our last stop waterfowl outdoors YouTube channel. Um, you can check our social media. We have links on our Instagram, uh, on our Instagram story from today. But, uh, but we all, I love to read the comments cause I, I already talked about that a little bit about how I get, I get pumped up. I get fired up. It motivates me when I read comments. I try to respond to all the comments. And, uh, today I had a, once the video went up, I looked at the comments to see if anybody had commented or what comments were coming in. And like I said, it's 99.9% always just about positive. But what I've been noticing this year, guys, is with all 
the freaking left wing liberal, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, without getting into too much politics, just the, oh, you know, <clears throat> I mean, we even talk about it on our social media platforms, how, how tough and how strict the social media platforms have become on outdoorsmen fuss hunting and fishing and all that every damn outdoor video you got now you got to post a cooking clean because heaven forbid if you catch something and you don't show it being clean and cooked that they they there's a chance that they're going to pull it off the channel well comments are interesting as well when they come in from these you know from people that tune in but i had a lady today she she tunes in and she says uh she, she was watching us bowl the crabs. And she says, you know that crabs feel pain. Also, Google it with exclamation marks in the comments. And I just kind of laughed. And about two minutes later, I hear boop, and a, a message goes off. And uh, I check it, and I look, and it's a person responding to the lady. Uh, she, they, they starting to get into an argument over these this snippet of the video where we're boiling crabs you know just straight up something we do every day here in louisiana any area that that offers seafood i mean you boil seafood you fry seafood whatever it is we weren't showing anything that was inhumane to anything and she it apparently struck a nerve with this lady that we were boiling crabs in a pot on the stove and she didn't like it so she made a comment about it and I have to tell you, her ass got tore up pretty heavy by a couple of other <clears throat> subscribers that were watching the video apparently at the same time. So uh, they got into an argument, and <clears throat> that's you know, as a creator, that's that's not what we ultimately want to see. That's that's not what we're there for. You know, the brotherhood, the camaraderie, the 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 fellowship, because we all love the outdoors, but. What it made me realize is that not everybody loves the outdoors the same way that we love the outdoors, I guess I should say. And, uh, you know, what What I say I love, other people are offended by it. And in today's, I'm just going to say it, pussy-ass society, you know how it is right now, how it is with, you know, somebody's always going to be offended by something. And although I appreciate the comments that came in that responded to this lady, uh, you know, this morning, it just kind of made me realize that, hey, you know, not everybody thinks the same, obviously, you know, and I know that I just, it's just it, it, something that I would never even look at as being offensive. This lady was offended by and, uh, and, you know, it, it just, it just kind of made me it kind of was like, okay, I, I get, I get her perspective of it. And I, I just usually don't comment. When I get a comment like that, I just usually don't comment back on it, you know. If you notice me and, and you know, you share a lot of our, you know, uh, traditions and our, our ways of thinking when it comes to outdoors and you make a comment, I'm always going to thank you for stopping by the channel, making a comment. And if you don't agree with what we're doing, then that's okay. I'm not going to delete you necessarily off of there. But, uh, you know, that's not what I'm looking to do. I don't want to censor you for having that belief. But at the same time, I'm looking at it as, okay, that's your opinion. And I'm just not going to comment back on it. You know, I'm not going to get into a heated debate over it, which, in other words. So that's what I did with this lady this morning when, this, when, when she made her comments. Well, fast forward to this afternoon and a completely different video on our channel I look at and there's a new comment on it. So I open up the comment. I look at it expecting to see something good. And it's this same freaking lady 
making comments on another video that I got, which had nothing to do with, you know, boiling crabs or, you know, killing ducks to eat, you know, for a meal or nothing like that. It was actually a video that I had done, you know, um, where I was in my vehicle and I had my camera mounted on my dashboard, not hurting anything. And I was just talking, you know, like we do oftentimes. And this lady decides to chime in, tell me that I'm creating, a, uh, you know, I'm committing a felony, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, how dare I do that? And bless. And I said, you know what? I told myself, I said, I already have a mama. I don't need another fucking mama to tell me what to do. I'm a grown ass man in that situation. And I'm not hurting anybody. This this is a video that has been out for years now, actually. And uh, and apparently this lady was intrigued by my channel enough, you know, I guess the crab deal got her interested in it. So she started looking at all the other videos because I started noticing that I had, you know, an uptick in the traffic today on certain videos and a lot of older videos that we've done here on the channel. So... <clears throat> It must have been this lady going out there and uh, watching other videos and, and making comments on it. And at that point, I said, okay. I said, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to block this sp specific user because obviously she's going around and she's trying to pick a fight. So if I doubt she's listening to the podcast, but if you're that lady, then we are no longer friends on, on the channel at, anymore because you are no longer allowed to make comments anymore. <clears throat> excuse me i apologize guys but uh but anyway it just it, it really opened my eyes today to that and it's not something you know in our market what we do as creators you're gonna get a lot of that stuff and you do get a lot of that stuff sometimes but like i said the majority of it's really good but if you're gonna put content out there and you're gonna put your thoughts and feelings out there you got to be able to take some of it back too. you know take some of the, the hate and some of the haters out there which you know in our instance we try to treat people right we hope we get that in return and once I saw this lady this morning, I wasn't going to you know, block her or nothing like that because she had an opinion. But when you're going to specifically go and target videos or, you know, stuff that we put up on our channel and you're going to continuously make comments on it, then, yeah, we're going to have to we're going to have to ask you to hit the door at that point. So just a just a little story that I shared. I wanted to share with you guys uh, and, and kind of get y'all thoughts and see what y'all think about it. Was I wrong to block her? Uh, after she made a couple of comments today on several different videos or, or should I have let her stayed up on the channel and, uh, continue to do that. But I don't want, I don't want to have her, you know, spark fights with other people on the channel and this and that. Cause you know, a lot of guys like me, when push comes to shove, you have enough of the bullshit. You're going to, you're going to dish it back. And that's just the way it is. Not that you're looking to start a fight or pick a fight, but you're not going to take, you, you can only take so much bullshit off of somebody, you know? So uh, like I said, I blocked her. I decided to block her and go go from there with it, and uh, and hopefully you know we don't have to we don't have to deal with somebody like that again on the channel um, that's trying to go out and, and pick videos and you know start fights with people and that type of stuff. So that's what I did. That's my that's my decision. I'm sticking to it. You guys, let me know in, in the in the comments or message me. Let me know what you think on it. Uh, but that's part of the territory that comes with it. That's just what we do. So. But guys, that is just about all we have for y'all this week. Like I mentioned, if you want to see the latest video, it is up on our YouTube channel right now. Go check us out on YouTube, Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, we'd appreciate it if you consider it. A lot of great outdoor content we try to bring for you uh, to the channel, and we hope you enjoy it. 
If you do, hit that subscribe button and ring that bell. That way, you know, you'll get notified when we have new content that hits the channel. And also, we always talk about our great sponsors, Can Cooker, Beaver Creek Game Calls, Game Changer Boats, uh, Benoit's Performance Baits. Guys, we have them all. We work with some really great companies that we believe in their products. They offer awesome products for outdoorsmen. Go check all our sponsors out. You can you can hear their commercials right here on our podcast, and you can catch them online on the web and on their social media platforms. Go check them out, guys. And also, if you last stop waterfowl merch, guys, go to our Facebook page. We have a link, <clears throat> we have a link in our Facebook page. You can get your last stop waterfowl outdoors merch, hats, hoodies, t-shirts, cups drinkware whatever you want we got it up on our website right now it ships directly to your door guys lots to choose from there go get your merch help support the channel we'd appreciate it help support the podcast guys that's it until next time hope y'all have a great work week rounding out the week we're going to be playing some baseball this coming weekend so we're probably going to be at the baseball park over the next week or two we're getting ready to go on vacation as well so we got a lot coming up in the month of july So if I don't talk to you, y'all all all take care, guys. We'll see you again soon right here on Last Stop Waterfowl. This episode is also brought to you by Benoit Performance Baits. Bait and tackle for all your fishing needs. Benoit Performance Baits offers some of the best soft plastics for bass, sackalay, and saltwater fishing. Whether it's a day on the water trying to catch a mess of fish for a family fish fry or a heavy bag to win a tournament, We have what you need and what the fish want. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok to place your order now. This episode of Last Stop Autofile Outdoors Podcast is also brought to you by the Can Cooker. Seth McGinn's Can Cooker is the simplest and healthiest, most convenient cooking system available. The Can Cooker takes the cattle drive tradition of cooking in a cream can and updates it for today's busy lifestyle. Pack the can cooker with ingredients and enjoy a mouth-watering, slow-cooked meal in a fraction of the time of normal cooking. Use it indoors and outdoors to cook a healthy meal on any stovetop, campfire, burner, grill, or the new multi-fuel burner portable cooktop from Can Cooker. Visit us on the web at cancooker.com. Tired of looking for that perfect hunting or fishing boat only to see that it's out of stock at your nearest dealer? Well, welcome to Game Changer Boats. We specialize in custom aluminum hunting and fishing boats. If you can dream it, Game Changer Boats can build it. Top quality craftsmanship and attention to detail is what we guarantee our customers. And we are proudly built right here in Louisiana. You can visit us on Facebook at Game Changer Boats or email us directly at GameChangerBoats at Yahoo.com. Contact Game Changer Boats and let's see what we can build for you.